Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Tragedy tomorrow, comedy tonight. It's a nice girl's roast, but not all the queens were so nice. It's time to break down the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. And joining me to talk only nice things is the super nice Jenna Sequa. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> you know what? I'm hanging in there. It's been um, a couple days since I've recorded a podcast. It was nice to have like a little week reprieve and only have to watch one television show and recap one drag race. So it's been nice to have a little break from uh, UK, even though that was the far superior season. Yeah, <laughs> UK too. Like that first Thursday without Drag Race UK season two, I was like, it was I know it was, it was like, what do we do? We, we yeah. I, I, I need, I need the accents. I need to hear them. Yeah, it was I, very like, where's Chase? Why isn't she on my screen? <laughs> yeah. How, how, now let, let's chat um, UK two really quickly. How did you feel about the results? Are you, are, are you Team results or team robbed? Mm, I... <laughs> yeah, I feel it. I can hear it. <laughs> I am team... I am team congratulations. All right, that's fair. Yeah, See, I, it, this is a nice podcast today. Like, it was... it For me, I said, like, I was talking to one of my friends about it, and I said, I was like, it's one of those things, it's like, no one was undeserving of winning. It is right. just not at all what I had hoped or necessarily expected. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, for the listeners who listen to me every week, I did predict Lawrence Cheney from basically day one of the episode one, um, because just the way the edit was going and you knew once Rue finds something she likes and she likes saying Lawrence Cheney, you knew Rue wants to say Lawrence Cheney for the rest of her life. Yeah. Um, so I knew it was happening, but it was it was a really fun journey. And that's as exciting as when you have a show where you don't know the results gonna be. And I feel like 13, we kind of know where it's hopefully gonna land. Yeah. I mean, like I think for 13, there's definitely a clearer sense of like it's pretty much gonna go in this direction. Yeah. But I mean with UK2, like the really nice thing now about UK2 is like. Lawrence won and it was, I mean, still very much so deserving. She won three challenges. She absolutely killed it for most of the season. But like also our runner ups or the people that did not win, like Tace is the newest face of Coca-Cola, been signed to next model management. It's like, it's nice to see that the two of them, despite not winning are like out here thriving and like doing their thing. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the drag news of the week. I got two, two, two things to discuss. Um, first off, the UK uh, two tour in England is happening. There was a little bit of drama to start off with because it was only advertised that the top four would be there. But on the, the, the poster, it says, and the Queens of um, uh, Series 2. But some of the Queens never got the invite or the call to you know be a part of it. Fans freaked out. And then now they're all a part of it and they added dates. So congrats to all the queens who got to tour that show. 
Um, and also with UK, um, there, there's still been drama between taste and vinegar strokes. Um, that drama is just weird. I don't get it. I, my problem with the taste and vinegar strokes drama is two things. One, I'm really not here for the only black queen on the first season of Drag Race UK now on a podcast or something that she knows people are going to see. Yeah. Like openly being so okay with like joking or not, like, cause it didn't come off as a joke to everyone who heard it the first time. No. So intensely tearing down a fellow black queen on the next season. It's also like vinegar tastes in the finale. Like, yeah. I mean, they, they must have some history because um, they clear a lot of like unlike the U.S., the cleans here really do all kind of know each other. Right. Um, but yeah, there there's some, there must have been some history, or Vinegar was just trying to stoke some fires, and like, it just didn't work. It didn't work. I was like, yeah, because it was one of those things that I was like, I remember seeing that video and being like, Mama, this is in poor taste. Like, yeah. there's, there's there's shade, and there's like, oh, haha, I'm joking or whatever. But like, this is a little like. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was it was interesting. So the other uh, news we'll we'll discuss very quickly. Um, people who don't like spoilers, run away right now. Um, international All Stars. What the hell is happening with this fucking show? Because I don't know anymore. Reddit is going crazy. Um, things are being debunked. Things are not. Nothing's lining up. Is the show even happening? I hope so. I hope so. I think that like. Because I've also heard like the speculations of like so right. this, so and so is that. I hope so, because I think that like in the speculations that I've heard, there are certain queens on international editions that I'm ready to see able to compete for their chance at like really winning some good stuff. Right, right. Like if Envy Peru is on the international all stars, well, that's the thing is is she may have been debunked because she just did a live the other day, so no one knows if she was there for guest appearance or if right. she's on the show or if they all have lenient, more lenient rules where they're allowed to do things as they're like in their hotel room. Um, but yeah, it's a very fishy situation. We haven't heard from a lot of the other um, rumored queens, um, so that is a good sign. Or I mean, listen. Drag queens need attention. So if they are told um, they're not allowed to be on their phones because they're trying to fool us all, it's not going to work. So the fact that we haven't heard from like Lemon or Baga or Blue or Cheryl Hole, Mm -hmm. they're doing something. What they're doing, we don't really know. But you know those bitches would be posting if they were not doing the show. And I think it's super interesting that like the speculated cast or the rumored cast is like, they're pulling a lot of faves from a lot of seasons. And I really like that so far in the speculations I've heard, there's somebody represented from so far each iteration of like UK, Holland, Thailand, and Canada. Like I- And and Thailand not even being a contestant, but the host. Right. So it's all kinds of weirdness. Um, The second, we see, you know, I, I think for me, the second I see Lemon post something, then I'll know things are done. And that's when we can really start to explore what's going on. But listen, it would be every drag queen fan favorite show if this happens, because this lineup is excellent. 
Yeah. Um, except I still think Davina DeCampo deserves her crown. So give her a crown somewhere. Like, just I don't care what show you put her on. I need her to have a crown. She needs to wear a crown. <laughs> that's 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 me and my Davina love. But let's dive into season 13. We're on episode 12. Isn't it crazy that um, UK2 started after, is already done. We're not even in top four yet. Yeah, it's a long it's a long season and like it's so funny because I feel like people are like oh my god this season is so long it's so long and I remember before when season 12 ended before we got UK2 and before we got season 13 people also felt like that gap was also so like I remember people being like when is Drag Race coming back when is Drag Race coming back like this season the way that they did the like splits and not sending anyone home at, at first was nice because I think it got to show us a lot more of queens that like in an in a differently structured season, like we wouldn't have gotten to see as much of a, a lot of the queens that went home earlier. Right. So it's interesting. Yeah, it, it, it's there's definitely been the benefit. We've got to meet the queens and learn about them a lot more. But it's also dragging in a way where it's like yeah. you, you should have done a double elimination somewhere. Make really make us sweat. Yeah. But let's dive into this episode. It's after the elimination. Tina just went home, and as Olivia says, she's been such a great sister in this competition. Has she? Have we have we really seen Tina and Olivia interact at all this season? Besides no, like the first really. episode? All I remember seeing is Tina Burner. Like I know in Tina Burner's like confessional, she's like, oh, Olivia in there somewhere. There's like a diva or whatever. Yeah. I don't think they've interacted on screen really. It's very mm-hmm. weird. Very weird. But Utica, um, she thought she was going home. She was shook. She feels bad because she feels that Tina deserves to stay more than she does. I um, love Utica. I think she's cool. She's quirky. She's weird. Bitch, you're in a competition. You don't say those things because the other people are going to be livid at you. Yeah. It's like, I just want to even if you're feeling like mixed emotions about your lip sync, to come back into the workroom, like wipe the mirror message off and like, put out into the ether like oh well i don't think that like she deserved to go home this week because you're also saying that rupaul made the wrong decision it's like if you didn't think that she deserved to go home this week you didn't stop it from happening yeah i i think she's really going for this miscongeniality crown until later in the episode so we'll, we'll we'll talk about that but um she felt good about lip syncing um and then she decides to ask everyone what they thought which was very confusing couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. If you're in the bottom two and no. you felt like, if you're in the bottom two and you felt like you thought you could have been going home to then express that you feel the other person didn't deserve to and then turn around and like ask everyone else, well, what do you think? Yeah, it was, it, she was opening up a can of worms. And I think Rose was very diplomatic um, by saying uh, she made an interesting choice and it served her well. And then you have Candy, though, in the confessional um, say that Tina Slade the lip sync and the wrong girl did go home. Um, I still think Utica won. I, I, I think Utica was the right decision. I'm not, I did not love Tina's performance. That's also because I've seen Tina Burner perform many times and nothing new was in that performance. Um, so that, that's how I feel. But she asked the queens and they gave the answer. So she got what she was asking for. Right. Utica booted the established and great Tina Burner and now calls herself a lip sync assassin. Just calm yourself, girl. 
Rosé says that she thought Simone would win the challenge and it gagged her that she won it too. Candy thinks it'll be a triple win next time and I say laugh, 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 laugh. <laughs> Candy now is the lone non-winner, which is a red flag. It's an SOS. Safe isn't cutting it. If you're not in the top, you're in the bottom. And then you got Utica's strategy now is to put her best foot forward and trip everybody to get to the top. Not so Miss Congeniality there, Missy. No. No, it's like to say in one turn, like, oh, like, I just like, I just think that she deserved to be here and I'm, I'm really sad and it was really hard. And then also to be like, I mean, I know what I have to do now. It's time to sneakily sort of knock everyone out one by one. It's like, yeah, it was, it was it, I think the editors had a really fun time with this episode. <laughs> they were like, Utica, good luck. Have fun with this one. Right. I just think it like they captured that idea of like, I mean, obviously I don't know. I've never been on Drag Race, but like I'm sure and I assume that when you're in the bottom and especially when you're down to six of them like that, it, you have that feeling of like you'll do anything to like not go back to that feeling and be back there, you know? Yeah. New day. It's a top six in the workroom. Simone has her fourth win and that feels great. It's the home stretch, but anything can happen. Rue comes in and has a mini challenge. They need to star in a live makeup tutorial on how to create the glam selfie using the new Norvina palette from Anastasia Beverly Hills. One will be the face, one will be the arms, and our teams are Candy and Rosé, Simone and Utica, and Mick and um, Simone and Olivia and Mick and Utica. And president of Anastasia Beverly Hills, Norvina, is going to be present to observe. Are you a fan of the Norvina palette? I am. I think that like, I actually, so a friend of mine has a bunch of Norvina palettes and I used one of them like last year when we were, when we would get ready for shows and stuff. And they are really, really good. I mean, they're, re they're really good and fucking expensive. They are. So I was very, very grateful to my friend who let me use hers because the color is so pigmented. And like, I mean, Anastasia Beverly Hills product is really that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like when you have any of their stuff, especially like Norvina's palette specifically, like there are so many colors and like that like light blue on the one that they were using, like that's actually the exact one that I used. And like, I was like, oh, that's yeah. Big fan. Yeah. It's good stuff. So let's go through each, each of the duos. Uh, first up is Candy and Rosé with Rosé playing the role of Samantha, the face. Candy was the arms. Um, so we start with some uh, setting powder smacked around with candy just poking Rosé in the eye. Um, I think Rosé did a really, really good job keeping her composure, even though she was probably probably in a little bit of pain. Rosé is so quick. Like, that's the yes. thing that I have learned from watching this season about her. Like, Rosé is someone that, like, in any moment, if you give Rosé this, she has it, like, to give right back. And she has, yeah. like she can volley back and forth really nicely. So in, in she, she's very good. Like, um, and then we have the lipstick uh, overdrawn. She's barely <laughs> able to control herself as this is happening. But Stunalina with Norvina, the new catchphrase. Right. And then it's like, and then it's like, Candy's doing all of these things because she can't see. Rosé's just going with them. And then you add that tagline at the end and it was like, oh, this was, this was a good pair. Yeah, this was good. Simone is the face, and she is trying to instruct Olivia what to do. She's doing a play-by-play -play of what Olivia is actually doing. 
for some reason, Olivia cannot reach the eyes. It, it's she's missing so badly. Yeah. Um, and then Simone starts to eat the lipstick, and I have to say, that's ew. Is that is that okay? Can we do that? <laughs> I. <laughs> it is the thing that I would probably be the most nervous about in this mini challenge of like because someone can't see and their hands are just going everywhere, like trying to make it funny and go with it. But also like in this case of like, you're eating products. How do you like stay in it at that point? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting to say the least. Um, Gottmik says hello to the Gorgelina Trisses because Gottmik just has to continue to add letters to, and, and, and words to things just like Denali did. Um, Utica's arms are long. They're very long. And Mick does a very good job being quirky with Utica, who is making her, again, taste things, um, including eyelash glue. Oof. I, I hope none of them got sick the next day. No, 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 no. I mean, I... <laughs> when I saw make taste that I immediately flash back to Utica doing that paint thing on the yeah. snap stand yeah. and just kind of went oh no thank you no thank you no thank you no 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 yeah I um probably would have with my partner said do not put anything in my mouth we can yeah. be funny don't make me eat anything um because I guess the, or or they were told by Anastasia Beverly Hills our products are safe please eat them yeah, who like, knows? Even, even then, I'd still be like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. No matter what, it was a normal Gottmik face because it was very, very, very white. The winners of the challenge are Candy and Rose. They each win $2,500 worth of Anastasia Beverly Hills. And no, Norvina will not be allowing them to do her makeup. Huh. $2,500 from Anastasia Beverly Hills. Not not a not a bad prize. That, as far as mini challenges are concerned, that's like that's the prize to win. That's awesome. Yeah, you you can get a lot of Norvina palettes from it. Yes, I'm sure it's not like them picking and choosing. It's literally like here's twenty five hundred dollars worth of stuff from um, the back room that we're not selling anymore. I mean, even that, like I um, sold, <laughs> I twenty five hundred dollars worth of almost anything is like yep. Sure. Yeah. Take it. Our maxi challenge for the week is announced as the Nice Girls Roast, where they will be roasting three Miss Congenialities, Heidi in Closet, Nina West, and Valentina, which I was kind of shocked to hear, but we'll talk about that in a second. Rue makes a joke that Valentina was a face mask pioneer, and she was right, and Rue was wrong. Thank you, Dr. Fauci. Mm. I'm so glad Rue did that because... I think we all would have been like, what the fuck? Would you miss an opportunity? But she was a pioneer. Little do we know, she'd like to keep it on, please. That, right. Now it's like everyone would like to keep it on, please. Yeah. So. Rosé and Candy will get to decide on the order the queens will perform because they won the mini challenge. Will this be the drama that we saw in the UK? Hmm, I guess we're going to find out shortly, but... Gottmik and Olivia are both nervous as neither of them think they are funny. We'll see how it goes. How are you with roasting? Are you are you are you a nice girl or are you gonna be someone who can roast and, and make people laugh? I like I like the idea of a roast. I like the idea that you can sort of like to me, like the roast is sort of like a more 
the next level up or like a continuation of like essentially the same energy you'd have on like the reading challenge. Yeah. So like, I think in a roast, like you can, you can have zingers in there and you want to like poke fun at the things that sort of everyone knows and like won't necessarily talk about sometimes. And like, yeah, it's like, like they always say at the end of the day, just make it funny. Like, and that's, that's the tea. Now, now if, if I were to put you on the spot and I was like, well, you have to roast your sister, Islaya. What would you say? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. See, now. <laughs> ah! See, you are a nice girl. I knew it. I knew it. No. I, knew it. <laughs> I, I, so I kind of did. It's not necessarily like a roast, but like Islaya guessed it at um, the weekly show I did last year, Girls Gone Viral. And I said, on her birthday show with the entire audience, I said, I was like, Islea has this sort of signature style that she does when she's performing. And it's like her hilarious and adorable kitty cat wigs and her like classic R&B love. And I said, I was like, Islea has the same energy when she's lip syncing and performing that like your black auntie that wakes you up on Sunday morning to clean the house does. And she, ever since she has used that and said the auntie of New York City. And I said like- There you go. Yes, very I, ho- I hope you were getting residuals from that um, branding there. <laughs> one day, one, one day. day. It's getting hot in here because it's roast time. Candy and Rosé decide to break off and pick the order. The placements, as we learn, can make or break you. Rosé asks Candy when she wants to go. Um, they are going to take the coveted spots. Candy wants to be opener because she thinks she can set the bar high with energy. Rosé would like to be the opener, but Candy does not want to close. Adamant does not want to close. Candy knows she can't write jokes on the spot, so if anyone takes her jokes, she's screwed. And that's why I think going first is always a very smart idea because you get to set the pace, you get to set the tone, and you get your jokes in first because there were a lot of similar repeats in this challenge. A lot of things that were in the same realm. Candy's on the right track as far as I was concerned this episode of like, what she brought up of being like, I don't want anybody else to take the jokes that I have because then I'm going to be sitting there and it's like, great, I'm screwed. And like, I think her strategy was a smart one. Yeah, it was. Candy thinks Rosé can take any spot, even though the last spot is risky. But you know what? She's going to risk it. She's going to go last. And this is the order now. We got Candy, Simone, Utica, Gottmik, Olivia, and ending with Rosé. Simone doesn't know why they put themselves in the challenging positions, but work. It's gonna, they're gonna do it. Gomic and Simone don't want to roast because the only roasts Simone has seen are the ones in her mama's crock pot. Mm-hmm. She's got funny jokes. It's, it's in her. She just doesn't know how to express them. Mm-hmm. We then get a little bit of a montage of Rose talking and laughing at herself as the queen stare at her. I thought that was funny and like quirky and endearing which we really haven't seen the edit give to rose we've seen her be perfection we've seen her be committed and 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 in it to win it this was a nice side to see of her i like watching the show and seeing moments where the queens that like we've sort of seen like oh they're doing really well and they're focused they're in it and they're competing like where they're just lighter and just having fun and like enjoying the moment that they're in. exactly because she's still doing the work Right. She's just, you're actually seeing her enjoy it. So it's always nice to see something like that. The queens then start jabbing about who's been safe in tops and bottoms. Then Candy thinks she will win. And Rosé says one win 
uh, you got to win first. And Candy says she won too many challenges. And Rosé says that's the only thing meaning about her. And we have our first fat joke of the night. The fans have problems with other things, but not that one. So interesting, interesting, just to, just the fandom in general, you know? You know how I things work. I mean. I mean, yeah, like that, because I know, and I'm sure we'll get into it later, but I know there were reactions to some oh, of yeah. the jokes made. And I mean, like, that one was made. That was sort of, that was the first one. And it just, and it passed. Not, nothing came of it. Mm-hmm. So very, very interesting to see how the community picks and chooses what they want to discuss. Mm-hmm. Candy is nervous because she has done a roast before and it wasn't great, but she is ready to win a maxi challenge. We are going to have a little rehearsal moment with Michelle Visage and Alani Love, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, I guess Michelle is like, I am in a fucking bubble. I can't go anywhere. Please let me do everything on the show. <laughs> She's done a lot. Um Candy comes in wearing a cowboy hat, and my mom, as we were as, as uh, I was watching with her, says it looks really good on her. So my mom would like Candy Muse to continue wearing cowboy hats. So Candy, if you're listening, cowboy hat A plus for you. Decided. Candy starts off with her Valentina joke um, and calls her Miss Cunt Geniality, which was clearly bleeped because Michelle is worried about cunt being bleeped out. But we can say cunt on this podcast. Cunt, cunt, cunt. <laughs> Michelle is trying to get Candy to enunciate. Not really happening, but Michelle, I would like you to call someone else and help them enunciate their words. And that phone call can be made to Ariana Grande. Here, you know what? Sidebar for a second. Listen, everyone is so excited to see Ariana Grande on The Voice. Yes, yes, yes. She can't I... speak. How is she going to be a coach on The Voice if she can't enunciate her words? The notes are there. The notes are there. We don't care. Bring it on. <laughs> Honestly, The Voice is going to get more auditions for that season, I think, than they have any season so far. Because people are like, I'm doing it. She's on like, it. I, I've already seen the, the meme went out this morning of, uh, Viola Davis like cr- hysterically crying and it says uh, when Blake Shelton turns and not Ariana Grande. <laughs> Honestly, a mood. Like Ariana Grande on The Voice is like, that feels like the biggest thing since The Voice premiered as a show. It's like, oh, she's on it? Like she is, she's that girl right now. Like, I've also had people, I've saw on uh, Instagram being like people saying she's too big for the show. I'm like, She's not too big for the show. She's got nothing to do. They are paying her her coins. Like if yeah. she's on her chair is the most expensive chair, I'm sure. Like yeah. who? And I'm excited. I can't wait to see. Like honestly, she could say she could just sing notes at anybody that she wants on her team, and I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> I'm here for it. Oh, I love your passion for Ariana Grande. I do not have that same passion, but <laughs> I appreciate you. So. You, you, you may love Ariana, and I will forever remember that uh, she tried to con- continually destroy the duet she had with Mika, but that's another situation. Oh, anyway, Gottmik comes out, and she shares that this is uh, the number one challenge she thought she'd bomb. And we see her fumbling with the cards. Um, she's starting with the honorees, as Lonnie suggested. It's a candy and Valentina double whammy. Candy Muse, you've lip-synced more times than Valentina has tried to block the words rent live on social media. Michelle laughs. That was funny. Oh, I remember watching rent live in a bar at Icon. And we're all sitting there being like, what's happening? 
what is going on? That was a moment. That really was a moment. Yeah, not all of those live musicals translated very well. Nope, nope. You got to get that stunt casting in. Gottmik gives a whore joke to Michelle, and she tells her to stop saying um as she delivers her jokes. I say um a lot. If you were to, like, take a drink every time I said um on this podcast, you'd be shit-faced by the end of each one. But I understand. It's hard. It's hard. Olivia is nervous because she is a little too nice. Michelle says that's why they fall in love with her. Um, But with a surprise, hit them with hard jokes. Do it. Olivia starts with a Nina West joke um, about auditioning too many times. It's okay. Um, The Valentina one didn't land. It's cricket. So we're seeing that Olivia is not a roaster. Mm -hmm. Um, How how have you been feeling about Olivia and her nice girl um, edit this season? I... I like Olivia Lux. I think Olivia Lux, I think it's a huge part of her charm and uh-huh. her allure right out the gate. It's like Olivia Lux on this season is the girl that like next to the rest of them had been in the game significantly less time. And she's here and she's nice and she's just spreading her positivity and shining the way she knows how. I don't yeah. think it was going to serve her very well this week. And I think she really had to like the challenge she sort of had was like showing that there is another side to her, but also her being comfortable doing that. Yeah. Comfortable it's really, it's really interesting um, because we'll get into what her character was and I appreciate the choice she made, mm-hmm. but I think she did need to take it a step further yeah. and kind of go like the way that Ellie Diamond did where you have this soft, 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 and then come in with the darkness. That would have been funny because there's a switch and then it, it, you get the laugh. And her persona persona is so specific and so recognizable that like the bigger contrast I think would have helped her more. Absolutely. So it was, it was a very interesting um, journey for her. And I feel like the show kind of is villainizing the nice side of her while also supporting it and saying she's the sweetheart of the season. It's Mm -hmm. a really weird edit for Olivia, but. I appreciate how she's doing and I, I do hope she is okay with how they're portraying her. Yeah. Lonnie tells her to use her cuteness to stab them with the funny and we'll see how she does. It's Rosé's turn and she starts with the honorees. She gives us a big shoulder series for Nina West and Lonnie and Michelle cackle through it. We then get a joke about Heidi being thirsty and her boyfriend sending a cease and desist and Heidi's makeup brush is sending her restraining order. Funny. Yeah. These are funny jokes. And it's very interesting to see the change that will come later. But we'll, we'll, we'll discuss those later. But Rosé is feeling very confident, as she should. Simone comes out, and she is nervous, too. Michelle tells her to take it as far as she can, and they will reel her back in. Simone just starts to babble, and Michelle tells her the, to lose her jokes and they don't need explanations as she goes through it. Mm -hmm. Simone is overthinking. Michelle says she should just go straight for the jugular. And then we get Utica. Utica is excited. Utica will be able to roast the beasts. She's excited. Utica starts with the Rue and Simone being a cute couple and call them Simone and Pumbaa. Michelle and Lonnie don't laugh. I did in fact laugh because it was a funny joke. Because it's a play on words, and I love a good pun, and and and, and it was funny. Why mm-hmm. they didn't laugh, I don't know. But then Utica is 
really setting herself up for failure because she then asked Michelle if she got the joke. And Michelle says, yes, she has children. And Unica says, you sure do look like it. Michelle's not laughing at that. And then we get Utica speaking whale for Nina and Lonnie laughs. And then Utica asks if Lonnie likes it and relates it, relates to it. And she's just mean. Yeah. And she doesn't stop and asks if Dumbo triggers her. It's not cute, especially with how the music is underscoring the moment. Yeah. It was Ooh. like watching it. It was like, you you sort of knew at that moment you were like you're gonna fail at this you're gonna fail at this because you don't see what they're really trying to get through to you yeah and and Lonnie tells her it's harsh and tells her the mean doesn't work and it has to be funny even if it is a roast yeah and Unicus explains that she likes observation jokes with a little bit of truth in them it's that's fine but they can't be mean because when they cross the line, that's when bad things happen. Yeah. And there are consequences to them. I have not been in a roast before, but I have been roasted when I was not supposed to be roasted. And someone went in and was very, very nasty and it, and it, it was not good. It was a very, very nasty situation because the entire room was uncomfortable because A, I wasn't part of the roast. I wasn't part of the lineup. I was not asked to be roast. Right. And B, this was also someone who ha- did not care for me. So it was coming from a malicious place already. I'm not saying Utica's come from a malicious place. She's just, just not the kind of person to do a roast. Yeah. And you can feel energy in a room with comedy. It's one of those things that's like, you have to like, it's a delicate balance. It's a delicate balance of like, it's timing, it's feeling the energy of the room. And then it's also that like, hey, make it funny. Cause if yeah. it's not funny and it's just mean, if there's no humor to it, it doesn't work. Yep, it, it, was, it, it was unfortunate. And then she walks back in the room and says, ew, and tells the girls that they didn't laugh at her, the jokes, even though she had a really good time. To which Candy asks if she's feeling the same way she felt during Snatch Game in her commercial. Good burn. Good burn. Because that, again, that's where the truth is. And yeah. right observation. Gottmik notes that Utica thinks her art is the peak of life. Utica thinks she'll do well and she'll be authentically her. You go on a drag race, you know you're going to have to show something. You know you're going to have to do a Snatch Game. You know you're going to be doing a reading challenge. The roast is now becoming something that Maybe not every season, but it's coming. But there's some comedy thing because it's exactly like, for season 12 had their like one woman show thing where they right. had to like be funny and so it's almost like Queens. If you're getting ready for the drag race, go work with a comedy coach, go work with an improv coach because you need to know how to do this. Yeah. This is not the drag race of season one, two, three, four. We're we're not doing that version of the show anymore. This is a show where comedy is more important than whatever classic drag is. So learn how to be funny and you'll go far. Yeah. It's elimination day, it's roast day, and there are some hungry bitches. Simone is feeling better than she did yesterday when, but when it's lights, camera, action, you never know what's going to happen. Rosé says that the roast is absolutely not anyone's game. She knows it's going to be Candy, Gottmik, and herself. Which again, very interesting that she throws Gottmik into this 
even though got Mick this entire time is like, I'm not going to do well. Which is so interesting to me because I, when they announced the challenge of the roast before we had seen any of their rehearsals or anything like that, I too was one that thought I was like, got Mick's going to be, got Mick's going to be okay this week. She's going yeah. to do well. We then have a series of more jabs. Candy is excited to see herself look like a woman. Got Mick says, can't wait to see it. Candy says, you've seen it all season long. Gottmik says, have we? Candy says, you've seen it all season long. Simone asks, have we? Candy says, they've all looked like drag queens. And Rosé says, and she looks like a man. We love sisterhood. We love when, when you're allowed to joke like that. Getting ready, like getting ready with your fellow drag artists, like before a show or before a moment like that. And that like back and forth and just like poking fun at each other and just being ridiculous and like having a good time while you like get it all on. That's like, it's always so fun. Yeah. Olivia puts her wig on and it's got a lot of wig and, and, and lace. And Candy says, you have to roast Olivia for the wig with the braids, with the lace. And she still won that week. Remember she won that week. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that week. I remember that wig and I remember people. And then I remember people thinking, I think it was either the week before that or the week after that Candy also had a wig that was like almost exactly like that. Yeah. Is that the same wig? And then both of them were like, no, it is not like. Yeah, no, I, I literally, I thought it was the same wig. I was like, oh my God, that's so nice that they're sharing. I'm like, no, they're, they're, they're not sharing. They just had the same ideas. Yeah. Olivia feels like she found her rhythm and the comedy voice she was looking for. Utica is so confident that she will have fun. And if she's having fun, they will have fun with her because mm-hmm. that's how life works. Rosé is worried about Utica's material and thinks she will turn it up too hot when she roasts the girls. We then have our mirror moment where Simone asks if comedy got any of them through a hard time. She says that drag and comedy has helped her. Candy says that humor is a coping mechanism about things that hurt her. Rosé says she feels complete when she makes people laugh. And then Olivia discusses that Queer folks, especially POC queer folks, it's the small moments in bars that they have with one another laughing and talking over a drink over a drag show. That's how you make the bond so special. And Candy jumps in with, or maybe just a drink because the drag show can suck. To which Olivia says, she knows we've all been to her shows on Monday, which is tea. I went once and I never went back. It was, uh, this was back when it was her and Momo and they just didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. They didn't perform. I was waiting to see um, Drag Wars and it was their show beforehand. And I think they were just yelling at each other on the mic. Uh, at least they looked pretty, they look gorgeous. It's so funny. I, pre-COVID and like in that world, um, Drag Wars was one of the first competitions that like I like found myself doing like pretty regularly like and my boyfriend would always go with me and like there was once a point where like all of the queens could tell you like you had to get there crazy early to like get on the list because so many people wanted to go and compete and uh, my boyfriend actually became like a huge Candy Muse fan because he would end up sitting there and watching all of Queen for Queen and then watching Drag Wars, like once yeah. we were in it, and he was like, every night we'd leave, he'd be like, that girl, he'd be like, Candy Muse is like, he was like, there's something about her. He was like, she's she's got it. And now like- Look at where she is. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Runway time. RuPaul 
the iconic quoter of, I don't want to see no fucking H&M, and that looks like a bar look, comes out wearing a motherfucking leotard and removable train like she's about to perform in Drag Wars for the very first time. Are you kidding me? Michelle, you hate leotards. Read her right now. What happened here? What happened here? I am shocked no one has said anything about this. She pulled out the legs. She took the legs out the closet, dusted them off, and gave them supermodel of the world. She was like, here we go. No gown tonight, honey. (laughs) She wore a leotard. The most, expe- the most expensive leotard. Sure, it's probably all Swarovski crystals. On, and the, it looks gorgeous. She looks great. But for some, for the show that reads girls for wearing leotards. Mamaru said, here we go. Exactly. Like, and, Mamaru so said, that, 30 plus years in the business, <laughs> only those people get to wear leotards. Mamaru said, I am uncomfortable wearing gowns. Fuck this. <laughs> and we'll, we'll discuss shortly the things you also did not wear. But. Our lineup for the night is Michelle, Ross, and Lonnie. So let's go through the actual roast. I wrote down my highlights and everything. If there are things that I miss, feel free to jump in. But I think I think I hit the good the good shit. We we see Nina West coming out looking like a gay bag of chips. (laughs) Valentina is gorgeous as always, and I think she knows that she's contractually obligated to be there. She doesn't want to be there, but she has to because she has to appear if they tell her to come on. And Heidi in Closet is her name. Being soft and supple is her game now that she has coin. <laughs> oh, I love Heidi. She, she's, a, she's a sweetheart. I, I um, posted a memory um, last, from, a, from, I guess, the beginning of that season where um, that was when I guess Rue said Heidi in Closet should change her name to Heidi Ho. And us in the New York community were like, no, yeah. there is a Heidi Ho already. And I, then I posted, like, I want to see the Heidi and Heidi show or the Ho and Closet show. Yeah. And um, I reposted it and Heidi looked at the story. I was like, oh, she's she's still she's still watching and she's not on International All Stars, as rumored. <laughs> she's really sweet. Like she Heidi and Closet is someone that like has always come off as very like genuine. Like what you see. She's real, she's like, authentic. Mm-hmm. Candy kicks us off looking gorgeous. She is not a nice girl. She is a naughty girl. Um, there, She notes that there's no audience, so Candy compares it to Michelle's audience back in the day. Pretty good joke. Yeah. Candy gets to Rose Valentina, and I think we were all waiting for it because, you know, her drag mother is Aja, and they have history. You're perfect. You're beautiful. That performance in Rent Live was rough, bitch. You're your angel needed an angel. Now, wait a second. Do we think Candy Muse for real watched Rent Live? She watched a musical. That doesn't seem like her brand. Musical theater doesn't seem like, I don't know that musical theater is something that like I would assume that Candy Muse is into, yeah. but Rent Live with Valentina in it definitely seems that's like fair. That's thing. fair. Listen, Candy Muse, I want to go, I want to see you now perform Defying Gravity. I'd see it. I'd watch it. I don't know what she would do, but I, I, would, I would watch it. <laughs> Candy says that drag race is the Olympics of drag and Nina is the stadium. Candy says that there's nothing worse than Heidi's fashion on season 12, which is T, which is why I made my joke too. Candy does a lot of, I don't know, setups. And I know we have to edit things down, but I felt 
it was a tad redundant because it wasn't structured in a way where it was like a series of, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It was, it was all over the place. So she was funny, but mm. if you're doing a full night of comedy and, and stand-up, it would have, she would have been critiqued by the stand-up people, yeah. I'm sure. She goes with, I don't know what's worse, waiting for my test results or waiting for the critiques from the judges. At least one of them will come out positive, which was quite funny. Uh, my mom was not laughing at that one, though. <laughs> Candy asks how being an extra on Soul Plane lands um, Lonnie a big-ass gig on Drag Race. Then we have RuPaul is so old. I asked her to act her age. She died. Pretty good. Pretty funny. Yeah. Then we get, we throughout this, we got some cuts from the miscongenialities expressing their opinions. And Valentina praises Candy and says she did a good job. Latina's in the house. Simone thanks Candy for the mob but us introduction. She tries to do the alone in VIP joke, but she stumbles through it and just no one laughs because she couldn't execute it. Mm-hmm. She then goes with speaking of losers and talks about the miscongenialities. She starts with Valentina and the controversy of not knowing her words. She let that happen. Crickets, crickets. Yeah. Simone, you're letting this happen. Not good, girl. Nina says that Simone is bombing and it's like time is stopping. And we've all been in a room where a drag queen is bombing and it's hard to watch. It's so hard watching because Simone, I feel like came on the show and has done so well at so many things. Mm -hmm. And we've seen Simone be funny. We've seen Simone be funny in uh, improv, like semi-scripted format with like the flag factory and whatnot. Things like, like, so to see her like sort of have to just go up there and sort of on her own, like pull it out and just kind of not, it was a little like. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was upsetting. Um, then Simone starts to list Lonnie's jobs and ends with her engineering her way onto the panel. Again, the setup, the joke, the punchline, it didn't mesh properly. Mm-hmm. The only time there was a good joke landed is the one about Ross being the gayest on the panel, even though he's sitting next to a man in a wig who's been pulled, plucked and prodded. And no, it's not Rue, it's Michelle. Again, we've heard that joke many times before, but it worked in this set because she she was able to find the flow of it. Yeah. She then calls Heidi destitute, who Heidi cannot spell that word. And I don't think I would be able to spell it on the spot either. Then we get straight from the Minnesota Institute of the Criminally Insane. It's Utica Queen. She starts with a good lead where she says that she thought she was the only, the one who had the balls to bomb that hard because she's, you know, wearing balls on her head. Ha ha. Funny. Funny. She's off the cuff. Yeah. Good start. Good start. She says that the judges love Simone so much in the competition, especially Ross. They would be a great couple. Simone and Pumbaa. That's funny because... Now it makes it makes sense because you know Ross is a little bigger and Pumbaa is a is a big warthog. Funny, it works. I don't know why other people didn't laugh. As someone who's a little bigger, I laughed at it, so it, it, it's okay. It was okay. It was fine. The judges were like, "Yeah." She goes down the line of so gay jokes to Ross and just can't land any of them. Um, I didn't understand the Big Brother with benefits joke, even though I'm a diehard Big Brother fan. It did. It, I don't think she knew it well enough. It's almost like they all received like uh, a prompt of these are the, this is their resume. Here are the things you can talk about. Mm-hmm. And she just didn't know it. Candy in then confessional says this is hilarious because the bitch is bombing all her jokes. And 
I wouldn't call it hilarious. It's uncomfortable. We get to her Nina whale joke. Valentina rolls her eyes while Lonnie looks hella uncomfortable because this is the critique that she gave her the day before. Don't do it. Utica goes on to Heidi that she remembers, reminds her of the people she grew up with on the farm. Gap-toothed and full of bull semen. Oof. Is this like a bestiality joke? Are we making fun of people with gap tooth? Like, what, 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 is, what was the goal here? Utica. I was like, it was a this moment for me. It was a. Yeah. Utica calls Valentina a diva and says that it's a hard to swallow. It's hard to swallow. Just like Lonnie loves comedy career. And then we have Lonnie laughing and responds with, you the one bombing. And the room goes wild. If I were Utica, I probably would have started crying. Yeah, when your set becomes funny because the professional comedian who's judging you makes a joke at you. Like that is literally the audience throwing tomatoes at you. Pack your, pack your cards up. Pack your cards up. And you know what? She wasn't finished. She was not finished. Utica is about to make another big moment, a big meme happen. She calls RuPaul a fashion icon and asks her to stand up to which RuPaul flips Utica the double bird and then does the (laughs) jerk-off gesture. Now, there's multi-layers to this. If you haven't seen Pearl on her Twitter, she responded to Ru with, you couldn't even wear nails on your own show. So that happened. That being said, I will say, Ru was wearing gloves. And in that moment, I guess she was not wearing the, lo- the gloves. So I'll give her a pass. But Ru is famously known for wearing sweatpants under the judges panel. Mm-hmm. Is that what Utica was going for? I definitely think so, yeah. And Rue knew it. And even if Utica did the greatest lip sync in the history of Drag Race, she was going home. She was, she, she, Rue was like, fuck you, bitch. Rue was like, literally. Rue said, you're going to clown me like that, mama? Like that? It was so funny. And oh, it was, it was bold. It was a, it was bold. I'll give her that. Cause I like, I just kind of feel like everyone sort of like has that knowledge of like when Rue's judging, she like from she, there's a detachable moment. She's wearing something more comfortable while she's sitting there for that entire time or whatever. And to make that like, to make that joke and then for them to air it, knowing that sort of like drag artists and like longtime fans of the show sort of like, it's like a common knowledge sort of like known but never officially confirmed thing. As yeah. like, it, it was very funny. It was very funny. Gottmik is scared because there's tension. How will she ever follow that one up? Well, she starts off reading Utica and says it's fitting that her name starts with UTI because it makes her extremely uncomfortable and she needs a full bottle of pills to forget about her. Again, when you are off the cuff, you're able, you're, you, good things happen. Mm-hmm. Gottmik is so surprised she is doing comedy in front of Lonnie Love. She knew there was going to be budget cuts this season, but didn't know it would affect the judges panel too. Great joke. Very good joke. 
Got Mick is such a big fan of Rue and her work and all of her hit song. That was funny. That was very, very funny. We've heard that it, like that version of the joke before, but the way she told it was fresh and new and, and, and the delivery worked. And she loves Ross so much because he is the only person she's met that watches porn and comes when the pizza gets delivered. Now, that's a technically what we would consider a fat joke, mm-hmm. but it was done well and executed in a funny manner. Yeah. Olivia Lux walks in like a little girl and plays with her cards as a character choice. She starts with, she didn't come here just to be Miss Congeniality, because you see where it gets you. Funny, delivery, bad. Yeah. She says, Mama Rue is patient zero of the drag queens. Mama Rue is so old, her first drag name was in hieroglyphics. I feel like I've heard that joke before. But then we go with Mama Rue is so old, she signed the Declaration of Independence as parent slash guardian. That was good. That one was funny. That one. That was, was a- very, very smart, very funny. We get the Anina West audition joke, and it's still not working. She goes to Valentina. Valentina's eyebrows are like tally marks. One, two, three, four, five, six. She's counting how many times I've been in the bottom. To which Valentina says, well, look at your brows, girl. I'm sure they were all instructed that they can't, like, snap back if they wanted to. Right. If you didn't like her set, her name is Michelle Visage, and that's a classic New York City drag queen joke. We've heard that one many times before, and it was nice to hear on on this kind of stage. She's wearing silver because she came in second place in their lip sync because she beat her. Give it up for Rosé. I thought that was a good introduction. It was quick. It was smart. Rosé gives a massive applause to Olivia Lux, who will go by Olivia Sucks. Easy, simple. Rosé credits Valentina for her polish and perfection watching her drag drag watching her during Drag Race Season 9. And during All-Stars 4, she credits her for being completely fucking delusional. That was good. And the, and the fact that Valentina laughed at it, she, she's aware as well. Yeah. It went This time it went with her fantasy. <laughs> Nina West's shoulders are so wide, she auditioned for the school play and she got the role of the stage. Okay. And now this is where I say did the girls all communicate when they were writing the jokes? Because that was almost carbon copy the um, the Olympic joke that Candy made. Right. And we've heard two versions of old jokes throughout the night. So it's like, what's, come on, originality. Heidi and Rosé are friends. They got to know each other in New York City. She asks Heidi how she's doing, and Rosé says, They've been talking for about 10 seconds and it's the longest on record that Heidi has waited to try to fuck her. And Heidi says lies. Funny. It was very funny. The only thing thirstier than Heidi in closet is her makeup brushes. And then we get one more. Rue and Rosé share the common thread that they are working in the music industry. One is a recording artist and one is a singer. That was good. That was very funny. That one is really funny. She ends by saying she's proud of Candy because she knows it takes tremendous courage to show up to a roast when you are the roast. It was good. Very, very, very smart. We then get to hear some quotes from our Miss Congenialities because, you know, they got to have some lines here. Heidi says that being the current Miss Reigning and Miss Congeniality, she wants to say this as nice as possible. That comes from deep in her heart. Fuck you. Fuck you. Not you because you got the checks and fuck you. Cute. Funny, funny. Valentina is actually here to return the title of Miss Congeniality. She's tried it on for a year, but it's too much of a diva. She's too much of a diva, so 
she'll take Miss French Vanilla fan favorite fantasy. Cute, cute. I feel like Nina roasted the entire cast and we only saw a part of it. Yeah. Because um, she had note cards too. But we get Candy Muses from the Bronx, Zoom. Go big, go kind. If you're nice, you can actually end up on stage with these bees. Cute. It was a good, good, good show. Is it one of the better roasts? I think it's up there. I think it's one of the better ones because it wasn't as cringeworthy. Yeah. It was bad because Utica bombed, but Lonnie Love saved it. RuPaul yeah. saved it. We're going to have those moments to talk about and remember. So I think it is probably one of the better roasts simply because it was memeable. Mm-hmm. Now, there was no official runway. So we are going to discuss the looks um, as we discuss the critiques from the judges. Ew. And instead of the tooting and the booting, we are going to play comedy or tragedy. Ooh, okay. Let's start off with Candy Muse. No designers listed because this is definitely an off-the-rack look somewhere. Um, that being said, it's great. She looks incredibly comfortable and incredibly confident. The dress is sexy yet sophisticated. Mm-hmm. The hair is laid perfectly. Is it snazzy? No. Does it work for this challenge? Yeah, I liked definitely. it. Definitely. I thought she looked gorgeous. I thought that her shape in the dress was like really, really beautiful. And yeah, it was very like for the person who was kicking off the evening, like I could absolutely see someone who was going to take out the context of RuPaul's Drag Race, someone who's just like going to a roast as like a guest or as like one of the roasters. Totally. Yeah. Beautiful. Ross says that she set the bar. He compared everyone after her to her. Michelle laughed from beginning to end. She wanted a little more hair on her head, but her roast was so good that she deserves praise. Lonnie said she had the energy and the confidence and she was her Don Rickles. This look, I will give a comedy. I liked it. Yep, agreed. Comedy. The audience was 66% comedy, 34% tragedy. So, meh on them. Simone, dressed by Christy Gigi, hair by Gigi Good. We love when Gigi's mom does things. Mm -hmm. Gold is for winners, baby. Just maybe not this challenge. Um, (laughs) I think the gloves and the straight dress with the collar were paired well with this ginger hair. Yeah. I wish the shoes were not black, but black does go with everything, so it's fine. I think she looked stunning. Yeah, she looked beautiful. Like, that fabric and that hair it all just sort of gave her this like effervescence and this like yeah. glow. and like she looked like she looked absolutely gorgeous for me the look was like wow there's simone the performance yeah. not so much but that's true now she she looks like a star didn't perform as one ross says that she has been so funny in so many challenges she did have funny lines but the setup and punch didn't take off lonnie says short and sweet are better Michelle says that she was overthinking it. The cards got in the way and one thing led to another and it became a spiral. Mm-hmm. Look, comedy. I loved it. Great. Comedy. Audience, 87% comedy, 13% tragedy. Next we have Utica. Hair by Sissy Tops, nails by Nessie Nails. I think this is Utica Hodgepodge. She has, She does have balls coming out with a ball fascinator. I think the jacket is the best element. And for me, everything else was a distraction. I just didn't care for this look at all. Even for Utica, it all felt sort of like over layered. Like, yeah, Utica's done the like 
different layers or different patterns or different textures thing. And I've been like, oh, I really love that. That's beautiful. Wasn't my favorite. No, me either. <laughs> it, it didn't, there wasn't a story. She's so much of a storyteller in her looks. There wasn't a story behind this besides maybe having the balls and being able to tell that ball joke. Everything else just didn't work. I mean, the color of the hair was so muted and not working for her pale skin. I don't know. I just was not here for it. Yeah, it was for me, it was tragedy. I was like, yeah. Ross was interested how she do in a roast and she went in. Nothing is off limits as long as it's funny. He felt some of it was just observation and kind of harsh. Ross says this look was his favorite look of the season of hers, which I was like, how did you miss a couple how? things? Yeah. Like, how could that look have been the favorite of the season when she had her, oh my God, she had that, like, the first of all, the sleeping bag dress yeah. from the wall challenge. And then also, like, Utica's had looks this season that, like, even I will admit, like, first seeing Utica when the season was announced, I was like, mm, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this on the runway. And, like, I've been proven wrong by her on the runway yeah. before. This week was not one of them. Yeah, it was, it was, um, boring rue said that the first joke was funny and once she lost her footing her go-to was being a little mean to save it but she calls her look gorgeous upper east side society lady which i guess i've not been to the upper east side enough to see this person walk down the street i could see i uh, i actually work on the upper east side it's like my day slash survival job right now and i could i could see an upper east side old lady who like with balls in her head no, no, but the like <laughs> over, yikes, the over layered thing for sure. But even then, like, I was like, I just feel like looking at it as a look in comparison to some of the like really impressive things Utica's done this season. Yeah. It's not her worst, but also like it was nowhere near the best thing she did this entire season. I agree. And then Utica clearly with permission says to Rue, I wish I could say the same about yours. And Rue then does the fuck you. Um, obviously that was a moment. Uh, on set so I, I i look forward to the behind the scenes of that runway yeah. michelle says you want to try not to be mean but cut and funny it's a fine line Utica says she's still learning what is comedy and what is offensive Never, we're all learning i'll give this look tragedy not my favorite yeah audience was very split on this 53 percent comedy 47 percent tragedy Got Mick, luck by August Getty, hair by Wigs and Grace, nails by Queen Custom Claws. So is there a tear in the dress or is she just busting out all over? <laughs> There's a tear. Um, I think this was incredibly basic, but it's night out on the town. Got Mick, so yeah. it worked for the challenge. Yeah, again, it was like, it's sort of the same thing with the candy dress for me. It's like, it is... It's not got makes like high fashion no. brought to the show. It's very like, hey girl, like listen, we're doing a roast. Why don't you come down? You can be one of the roasters, and then like we'll have a couple drinks. It's very exactly like, got make hosting a roast at cocktail hour. Yeah, I, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. So it, no. I'm very mixed on it. Yeah, Lonnie says that out of everyone they coached, she listened and it paid off. Michelle says it was very strong. Ross said that her joke about him was his favorite. It's why his sorority name is Meat Lover Supreme. Rue said her delivery was really Phyllis Diller and thinks she has a future in stand-up. I, I would love, I wish I would have looked at the Google analytics and see how many um, little gays looked up who Phyllis Diller was in this moment. I, 
I think comic is funny. I think yes. comic like I think comic is funny, and comic doesn't realize comic is funny, and that's like what makes comic so funny. Like comic yeah. is yeah. not someone who's like, oh, I'm like consciously out here like giving them the joke. She just pays attention, and she like she puts that element of truth in there, and she puts her own perspective, and like she did it in the snatch game when she did Paris Hilton, and she did it now. Like I'd see it. I'd see a comic. Yeah. Comic. Um, but yeah, no, I think comparing her to Phyllis Stiller was really smart because Phyllis Stiller is very dry, but very to the point and very funny. So I think that was a good comparison. Um, yeah. But yeah, got mixed look, meh, meh, but I'm still going to give it a comedy. I like, it, it was yeah. better than worse. It. She still looks good, comedy. Audience was 78% comedy, 22% tragedy. Olivia Lux, look by Garrow Sparrow and hair by, I think, making her official... Um, drag race debut hairs by Madeline Hatter. Wow, I love the hair so much. I didn't know it was Madeline until I did my research for the podcast. It's classic Olivia, but it's got volume. It's it was stunning. The color was right. Yeah, y'all. If you don't have a Madeline Hatter wig, uh, you are missing out. She is incredible. She may not give you a beautifully styled like classic wig, but she's gonna give you something to rock out in. And this wig was exceptional. There was volume in it. Yeah. I, I really liked that on Olivia. I thought that the volume in that, I was like, oh, I love this. Now, the look. I think the colors of the dress are perfect. It's just the cut in such a way it doesn't help her body. It needed to be longer and have a little more dimensions because where that first um, uh, little ruffle part came, it, it, did, it, it, it didn't cinch her properly. Yeah. It, like, created a weird shape where it, like, made... Yeah, it sort of made like a top part and yeah. then bottom square. And it was like... It, it didn't work, but the colors on her were just absolutely perfection. Like that yeah. is her color palette. That like um, orange to gold is like... It was, it was stunning. It was, it was great exec- it was great concepts, poor execution, I think. Mm-hmm. Ross says he's been obsessed with her from day one and how likable she is. And that's tough for a roast. She had some jokes that landed, but it didn't fully work. Rue says that even the little walk that she did didn't felt like an apology. Olivia says that she knew that she had a sweet character and that it turned it all up, that she turned it up all the way and killed them with kindness. And being like she said that in in such a way, it was it was sweet. Rue asks if she fulfilled that. And Olivia says, yes, she fulfilled that challenge. And then you saw Rue's face, and I don't think Rue agreed with that. Yeah. Um, I'm mixed on this. I think. Because the hair was so perfect, I am going to give it a comedy. I like the colors. I like the hair. I wish it were differently proportioned, but I still, but again, Olivia Lux is gorgeous. So it's still one of those things, like even the things that I wish proportionally were different, she still, I can't be like, oh, you have like, it's horrible. You look bad. So comedy. The audience had no uh, no favors for her. 24% comedy, 76% tragedy. So they, they were like, nope. Yeah, they were like, no. And finally, Rosé, hair by Chelsea Piers, look by Florence Lee. This is glam rock fun. The hair is exceptional. I think the color is beautiful. It was styled in such a great way that it was fresh for Rosé on the show. So excellent job, Chelsea. Um, I love the shoulder pads on the jacket and how the jacket is the statement and not the cat suit underneath. A lot because, of fashion has had that this year. Those like sort of that like big yeah. shoulder. It's a lot of it. A lot of her fashion this year 
on the show at least feels like it has like a twinge of 80s in it yeah they're, they're she's definitely here to make a statement with her looks mm-hmm. um yeah and i think the monochromatic done right it was it was it was a great look for me i really appreciate love this yeah i like all of the details in it i'm like looking at it even closer right now and like the textures and the details and where it sparkles and where it doesn't the lapels and like right in the middle yeah i like it Michelle says the look is a fun look. She said she came out and owned it and executed it. She was the only one without cards, so credit for that. Lonnie says that she was her Joan Rivers and her transitions were so smooth, but she was better in rehearsal. She calls her the total package and she is ready to keep performing. We didn't really discuss that part of it, but we can discuss it now. Was she better in rehearsal? Was she better in the moment? I do think her jokes were better in rehearsal and I don't know why she changed them. I actually like the Nina West joke in particular. I liked it better in rehearsal than I did on the actual roast. And yeah, I wonder, like, I wonder why she changed that one, that one specifically, because I thought in rehearsal that one went over so well. Yeah, it was, it was very interesting choice that she changed it. And I guess it is a a big risk to change your material for the people who are going to be ultimately judging you. Right. If they laughed once, you're like, okay, well, they laughed at that. Let me change it up a little bit. They'll laugh again. I think she could have risked it and said, they laughed at it once. They're going to laugh at it again. And they're going to, and I know it works already. The look comedy. It's beautiful. It was, I like it. Comedy. Audience was 79% comedy, 21% tragedy. We got some decisions. Decision time from RuPaul. It is Rosé being safe and Candy as the winner and wins a $5,000 cash prize. Simone and Utica are the bottom and up for elimination with Gottmik being safe and Olivia being safe. What did you think about the results? How did you feel? I thought that that was... I thought that was a fair bottom. I, like... It pains me to admit it because I love her so much. And she, like, she does it for me. I think Simone is so good, but like objectively she had to be in the bottom this week. It just didn't work. I agree. I think that on a show like Drag Race, if the judges are giving you critiques or they're giving you notes in a challenge like this, for you to not take them is bold. And you have to sort of like, you have to prove them wrong if you're not going to take their notes. And if you don't, then it's like, you're going to like, Olivia Lux's direct declaration of independence joke for me is what kept her safe. That was really good. And you yeah. not listening to Lonnie and Michelle. It's like, girl, you didn't listen. And it went the way that they told you it was going to. Yeah. It. I think Candy is a deserved winner. I think going first is why she won. Yep. Um, if Rosé did in fact go first, I think uh, Rosé would have won because she would have gotten a lot of the jokes first. Yeah. Um, and Candy would not have been able to make a lot of the jokes she made because they were repeated later on. And um, I like a challenge that Candy, like I, I had a feeling Candy would have done well. I was like her personality. Yeah. Like, and, and I think it was also the time for Rue to be like, let's spice things up. Let's give Candy her first win because we need to make things interesting. Right. Because if we already saved her once we and we want to put her pretty far, um, I guess we have to give her a win to make her a top four finalist. We'll see. We'll see. Utica says she comes alive during lip sync, so she's excited. But I say, Utica, have you been watching Simone? Have you seen how she comes alive during lip sync? Yeah. Get ready. The song is No Tears Left to Cry by Ariana Grande, who we spoke about earlier. Yes. 
Um, this this is one of my favorite Ariana songs, even though I probably only like three of them. Um, but I think she's officially now. I believe she posted about it. Um, she is officially the most used lip uh, artist for lip syncs. Mm-hmm. There are seven now on that they've used on the show of hers. And then she was a guest on the show once before, so maybe maybe she'll come back. Fingers crossed. She was a guest a while ago. Now it was when when she was still clearly a baby and that, like that was probably the first album maybe yeah i mean she was the only time i remember her on the show was it's that iconic moment it's um season seven by the tchotchkes death becomes her her reaction yep. to her coming around the, co- the corner in that corset yep so that, that was baby ari yeah okay let's so- talk about the lip sync simone is giving you a show and utica doesn't know how to do this song she needed to go fully silly and camp because Simone, looking the way she does, everything she hits is magical. The lighting, it, it, Simone had it. Utica when, needed to go completely opposite of her. When she walked up and then the light hit her and she came down the stage, yeah. I was like, it's over, it's over. Like, the song has lyrics, picking it up, picking it up. You use your camp pick something off the ground like that's what Utica needed to do in order to save herself in the song so I almost wonder did Utica lose on purpose Simone could have stood still and have outperformed Utica Simone like Simone was Simone was selling that song she was selling that song and she was really like connected to it and like it's interesting seeing Simone get so, when Simone has ended up in the bottom, she gets really hard on herself. And so like, I'm sure that that feeling of like having to lip sync added that sort of layer of like, she was like, you turn it out differently when you're like pissed off at yourself. You know what I mean? It's true. Well, Simone stays, Utica is eliminated and gives the double bird to Rue as she walks out. Funny. Um, as she says, when you think you can't, you can wiggle to the top. I agree. It was there was there was no no other option. Simone was a winner. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss untucked a little bit. Um, sure. Simone, as she says, dropped the ball into the roast, and she's disappointed. Utica has mixed feelings, and of course, she's going to be in the bottom again. Did you buy your untucked koozie yet? That they keep um, showing on the show and keep throwing on their Instagram all the time. No, what? You know, the koozies that they have in their um, bubbly, that you can buy those now. Did you, can you really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, go to the World of Wonder store. World of Wonder, I would like some money for your uh, product placement right now. Thank you. Right, cut the check, <laughs> cut the check. So Candy says, going first, she got to be an audience member and she thoroughly enjoyed the roast. Um, Olivia says that they should give a round of applause to Candy and Rosé for picking the order and there was complete silence. And Rosé thanks them for the silent round of applause. I thought that was hilarious. And again, as you said earlier, Rosé is quick. She she knows how to cut the tension because clearly there was tension in that room. Yeah. Rosé says they didn't want to shade anybody and wanted to be a cute show. So she was not like her Scottish sister, Ellie Diamond. Ellie Diamond went into it on UK for that roast and was like, I'm going to get someone sent home. And I think Candy and Rosé, Candy and Rosé made the smart decision to go in and be like, where do we want to shine? And then let's just put everyone where we think they would do. Exactly. 
Candy asks who is in the bottom because I think she's the only one who gets asked that question every week. I feel like she, uh, we hear her say that all the time, but Simone and Utica say 1000% it's them. Utica says the funniest moments she had were off the cuff, and Candy says she was a hot mess and kind of being mean. Facts are facts, America. Utica says she was grasping at straws when she gets nervous. Even though she was bombing, she had fun, which good for you, because I don't think anybody else would say the word fun yeah. after that performance. Very like, okay, glad you had a good time. Simone is angry at herself and did exactly what she told herself she wasn't going to do. It's just not her thing. She's not a hostess and didn't do as well as she could have done. That was a very interesting thing for me because I, I didn't really know Simone prior to the show. Um, obviously, being a New Yorker and knowing what the New York drag scene is, if you're going to get on Drag Race from New York, you have to be a host. You need to be a host. You need Olivia is really the first one who has not really been a host of a show to yeah. get on Drag Race. And it kind of kind of shows. And Simone now saying that she's not a hostess and just as a performer in LA. It's very interesting um, how you can get on Drag Race without that one skill and how important it is in this version of what Drag Race is. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, yeah, hosting, like when you, and I mean, hosting in New York City, like when you have a show in New York City, you learn a lot very quickly because you learn how to engage with an audience you learn how to keep an audience you learn how to get an audience coming back giving them something that they know they can look forward to and they want to be there to see and so like i don't know how different the drag scene is out there in la i know that like i feel like in new york we have like it is like an event for you to gather your friends and like go to a drag show and you know like the different queens who you're gonna get whereas like i know in la they more have like parties at the club and like queens will dj or yeah, and it, it's usually a single host. And like if it's like a Mickey's WeHo or something, it's like Morgan McMichael, she hosts and everyone does performances. Right. Um, where in New York, if you if you are the star of the show, you're hosting the show, you are on the mic the entire time and you are going to talk. Now, I'm not saying you have to be a good host to win Drag Race. Aquaria it, has won Drag Race. It certainly um, I remember going to see Aquaria um, right after filming um, at rise with i believe it was at that time it was marty and brenda were also the co-hosts and of course like they all trade off and whatever and aquarius couldn't form words she couldn't do it yeah but that's okay she's good at what she does yeah so not everyone's a host and and that is okay but it's something to learn and know about yourself because these style of challenges are coming they are going to be there you need to know how to talk to an audience. Candy and Mick say Simone is too hard on herself. And when she fucks up, she takes it to the heart. She gives her a pass that she's not a hostess because she's got no practice being on the mic. Mick is proud of her and Simone got in her head. And she says that it's heart-wrenching or heartbreaking. Whatever, the heart's gone. That was a joke. Simone, just just let it come naturally. It's okay. It's interesting because like I feel like in Untucked, we really saw at least for me, what I got was like Simone and kind of the pressure that she's like carrying with her. It feels like Simone, it feels like Simone knows that she's good at what she does, but yes. also when she got to the show, she's carrying the pressure of like the house of Avalon and wanting to do well for them and like her family and her hometown and wanting to do well for them. And it's like, I feel like it's so funny. The moments when Simone is her best and the moments that we love her for are the moments when she does let go. And it's like, it's exactly. okay. 
you've got the skill just like now earlier we had Utica ask the, the, the queens to give their opinion now we have Olivia who would like to know from the girls as audience members their honest opinions on her set <laughs> Pandora's box was just opened Rosé says that she had something about her that was false what was it she didn't send her home she was actually in the next room ha 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 Mm-hmm. Again, tension breaker. Simone says she didn't do as badly as she expected. Candy said it wasn't terrible. The zingers were good, and Simone said it was just one note. Rose says the youthful character was smart, but it was an it was apologetic in a bad way. And then you have this side of Olivia, who's kind of not taking the critiques that she wanted to hear, where she said she thought she did well, and the jokes. That did stick, they did like. And she's like, Well, I made Rue laugh, uh, uh, make her laugh a joke about her. You need a PhD to make a joke about her and make that happen. But she thinks she's in the bottom no matter what. You got to be humble. You got to be humble when you get critiques. Um, I don't know, aside from, you know, like that big pageant in Asbury Park, if Olivia has really done competitions. Um, I know if COVID didn't happen, um, we would have had a season four of Iconic. She wanted to be a part of it. So I missed out on Olivia Lux. And mm-hmm. she also was go- wanted to be a part of uh, season two of Drag Race Star, which never ended. Um, so I missed out twice because of um, COVID. So thank you, RuPaul and COVID for taking my Ru girl away. Um, but yeah, she's not always the best at taking critiques. She'll give you that smile, but like Utica, she's not necessarily agreeing with it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like I am pretty sure the I mean I don't I don't know Olivia Lux super well, but I know that like I'm pretty sure that pageant she did she won. She sure did. And so like it's interesting, and like you know it's that idea on Drag Race of like you you can kill it in the areas in which you've done it, and now you're in a room with other people that also kill it in their respective like areas or circles and so like what that looks like when somebody's telling you it wasn't like in when you're assessing everybody you didn't fall in the like kill it range you fell in sort of the like it happened range it's true rosé wasn't worried about the challenge and she's being hard on herself because why couldn't she apply it into the challenge and be absolutely amazing she's turned over a new leaf so Candy asks a question. Yeah. <laughs> What's turning a new leaf? A brand new leaf. But Candy says that if you have a leaf and you turn it, it's the same leaf. Funny, dummy. That was funny. I love it. Um, I love it. I, Candy has proven she may be street smart. Book smart? No. Not, not, no. That's okay. okay. Not everyone's book smart. I thought it was very, very funny. And if I were in that room, I would have just cracked up laughing. I love it. I love it. It's like, it's to me, it's like the illicit girl that was rigamorous. It's like rigamorous girl. And they were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) The queens think, yeah. So funny. The queens think for this challenge, Candy has it. She would love to win. It's just nothing she would have imagined would have happened coming onto the show. Rosé yeah. says she knew she would do exactly what she did. Candy says that going first was make or break. 
Got Mick still on this train of knowing that the roast was what she didn't want to do. She has now noticed the growth in herself because she wants to roast these bitches more often. She likes it. She can see where things started clicking and seeing who she is now. She couldn't feel better. Yeah. All it takes is a reality competition show to find yourself, apparently. Gottmik has grown to many, uh, like, risen to the occasion many times on the show. And it's actually, like, it's really nice to see someone like Gottmik, who I'm sure had, like, a very set idea of, like, who they are and what they do, come on the show and be like, no, I can do more than just that. Yeah. Utica has fought for a long time to be the one with, one with the in-crowd, and she could be herself, and that's okay. It's taken her a long time, and being here has been a lot, and she's not at home in her own body, in her own mind. Candy tells her that she sometimes comes off as giving an uh, doesn't give a fuck attitude. And she says it's nice to see when people are appreciative of the opportunity and Utica doesn't give that off. Utica has this double challenge of working on herself and working on the things she should have worked on before she got here. She feels like she exudes a talent that could keep her there, but there is something that is off. Mick offers the idea that she hid behind her behind her white clown face paint and used that as a crutch. And she thinks that Utica uses her goofiness as a crutch, something we've heard many times before already. But they don't have time to think about that. And it's all about the growth. This was a really interesting moment because, again, we're not hearing this for the first time. This is part of Utica's story arc. It is not... Utica feels like she's kind of a sheltered drag artist. She doesn't, she comes from a very small drag scene and she's probably the big fish in the little pond. And now coming here, she's the little fish in a ginormous pond. Is that just good television though? To, to cast people who are out of their element? Yes. And yeah, I think so. Cause I mean, like you see it, We've seen it on different seasons in different ways. Like in Utica's case, like it's also combined with the fact that like she has that like, it's good television because you get to see a different perspective than like the super fans of Drag Race or the fans of Drag Race in major cities get to see. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. The New York scene, we have the type of queen that New York audiences or drag artists, I'll say, that New York audi audiences enjoy. The LA scene has the type of artists that they enjoy. The Texas scene has the type that they enjoy. So to see a queen from... Utica where like Utica is from like it gives us a glimpse into like what uh the world of drag looks like in those places yeah. and also we get to see them we get to see queens that might not necessarily be that like bigger city type of drag artist display themselves on like a global stage you know what I exactly. mean exactly yeah it's, it's it's really fun to watch Utica grow but I feel like what her watching it back, she may not be thrilled with how she knows she could have done better if she had more yeah. time. Agreed. And I think that like, and I will say, I do think that's one of the disadvantages for any of the queens that come from smaller cities and smaller yeah. like towns and things like that. It's like, like Heidi and Closet. Right, exactly. And it's like, what Heidi town, like you're smaller in your smaller town, your best could be the best there. Yeah. But like you're the best in LA or you're the best in New York City. And then you're coming to compete and you're bringing a leveled up version of your best to drag race. It's, it's sometimes hard when you're coming from a small. Exactly. Country, so like Heidi brought the personality, didn't bring the fashion. Utica brought the fashion, 
had a personality that was not working for this season. Right. And with Heidi and Closet, and as an example, every like we saw Heidi lip sync so many times in season 12 and survived so many times because she she brought life to the show right and she brought that personality so anywhere yeah. else that she was like oh i didn't necessarily have this because i'm from so and so exactly nina valentina and heidi come backstage with their face shields on sisters are here let's have a kiki heidi asks immediately who is going home tonight and the girls are just gooped they're like excuse me Mick says she is not Miss Congeniality tonight. They decide, let's, let's give you a bottom two because that's easier. Candy says bottom two where Simone and Utica. Valentina, her question to the group is, who takes the longest to get ready? And Rosé says she left first. R.I.P. Kamora Hall. She follows up with who will be fan favorite. And Candy says they have a lot of fan favorites. And Simone kind of points the finger over to Olivia, which... I think is very, very possible, but also maybe not after this episode because it was not, they're not giving her a good edit right now. Mm -hmm. They ask what advice they have for them. Heidi says, continue being a sisterhood and be there for each other. They will only know this ex specific experience. Be there during all the drama and all the bull. I think this is universal, not just for a drag race cast before uh um ultimate drag uh, pageant cast or an iconic cast you're there and experiencing this sisterhood you can see the bonds that form afterwards yeah and i think heidi really nailed it it because clearly they had an experience that no one else had um after the show with um name redacted they had to be there for each other because not only were they having to deal with that they also had covid to deal with where they couldn't even see each other so I think Heidi saying that was really, really important. Agreed. Valentina says this isn't the difficult part. The difficult part is how to navigate with yourself if what you want this to be as your career, knowing what kind of drag queen you are. This is the most thrilling time. And if you're nervous or scared, embrace the moment. Yeah. Good words from Valentina. I didn't think she had a brain in there, but good for her. Also really solid advice. Yeah. Nina reminds them that this is the episode she went home on and it took her until this point to realize why she was there. You were here for being your, yourself. Don't lose that when you elevate your drag. Don't lose what makes you special. Common thing you would hear from Nina West. So I think it was really, really nice to hear. The Miss Congenialities have to go back. And we then see that Valentina's ass has been hanging out all night. Girl. Why didn't you show it? It was it's a nice ass. She got a nice spot. She's not going. She, like, she's a good bottom. <laughs> and like the subtle, the most subtle reveal, like on the on the stage, on the main stage. Exactly. Never once would have known. Never, not even discussed. Very funny though. Simone knows she's in the bottom, so it's her time to slay and give them what they what they want. Utica is going to give it her all, and she's going to love the lip sync. Utica feels it was her time. She's sad to leave because it was a safe haven, but she's feeling blessed to share her wiggly art on the stage. Um, she has to cross the entire workroom to get to her station. I don't really remember uh, seeing any queens go through the entire workroom to get to the station during on talk, but she gets a note from Olivia who confirms that they are going on a date. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to know where they went, what they did, and who is the top. <laughs> I think it's clearly obvious. I'm Pretty sure it's probably got to be Utica. We'll see. Utica's tall. Who knows? 
who knows who knows and i'm fairly certain i've heard that olivia's bottom just 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 hearsay just hearsay grinder um olivia now has competition because in simone's note simone says she loves um utica so that was a cute moment that that was a fun little obviously it's not the same kind of love but Utica says the biggest takeaway is that she now has a little family and she's learned so much from people who are so passionate about drag. Utica will now spread love, joy, and art as she walks out twirling an umbrella and she is ready to keep wiggling to the top. That's her catchphrase. Keep working on that. Maybe I'll buy a wiggle to the top (laughs) t-shirt. Or something. I'll, I'll find some wiggle to the top merch to buy. I get the magnet, the fridge magnet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I got some burning questions to end this episode with. Go for it. What is Utica's legacy following her elimination? And with her roast and the audience's reaction to her meanness, has she lost her chance to become Miss Congeniality? I think that Utica's legacy following her elimination is for me at least, don't always count out the small town girl. Yes. I think Utica proved that you can come from a small town and be unique in your own way and shine and do things that like we haven't necessarily seen before on the race. And I was impressed by that. I don't, I don't know if this roast performance has ruined her shot at congeniality. I, Maybe. I know that like, I do believe that Utica's heart is pure and her intentions are always pure. So like yes. when she apologized on social media to everyone and she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry after it aired. And all of them said like, girl, it's okay. None of us took it personally. You're just, you're just not funny. <laughs> you're just like, yeah. Now um, it was really interesting. I didn't read the full article or the full tweet, but I know Michelle was not necessarily accepting the apology. Mm. Because she said fat jokes have no place in comedy. Um, now, obviously, we've seen many a queen on this show do a series of fat jokes that have been destroyed, like Alexis Michelle. Um, so it, it, we, we've heard them before. I don't know. I, I'm on the fence because I do think it's really a two-horse race, maybe a three-horse race if you want to throw Denali in it. But I think it's really Utica or Olivia from Miss Congeniality. And... I don't know who they're going to pick because if it is picked by the cast, I think Denali could sneak in there. It, it could, it's going to be like a one person race. I think it really is going to be interesting. Yeah. We get an acting challenge next week. Henny has shrunk the kids. Well, Henny has shrunk the drag queens. How many Gen Zers will know this reference? I don't know. I, so I know Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but I also don't, I don't remember a ton of it. Like, I'm not like, oh my God, I remember so vividly, like what that is. They're like, my it's, favorite it's, I, I watched the the movies during quarantine. Cause like that, I'm a, a little older. So yeah, I've, I've watched I, that. Those were movies from my childhood. So I, I'm excited to see this, how Disney gave them the rights to do this parody. I don't really understand that. But good on you. I'm so very excited for this. But um, yeah, I think there are definitely some Gen Zers who are like, what? what? Yeah. Is this original? Know your sources. We are breaking the guest judge rotation next week for a legend known as Cynthia Revo. She's going to be on the panel. How do they get her? 
And why is it taking this long for us to have a new judge? I love that Cynthia is coming. I'm so excited. I, I mean, like anyone with ears can tell you that Cynthia Rebo is like mind-blowingly talented. So, she should be the fucking uh, ju- uh, coach on The Voice. Screw mm-hmm. Ariana, put Cynthia on. Mind-blowingly talented. So I'm super excited about that. And I think it's interesting because like, I think I read somewhere that they went with a smaller group of guest judges that would come back because of COVID protocol this year, which I also like, I'm not mad at either though. I was like, it's very, very different than other seasons. Cause like like, every week we got someone new, every week we got someone new. But I also like that T.S. Madison and Lonnie Love have gotten to see these queens grow and over like progress throughout the season. Yeah, and that so that's that's what's really interesting is because that's the role of Ross and Carson. Mm-hmm. So maybe are, is it time to dump one of them for one of the other ones? Like, I personally, if you're gonna bring anyone back, give me Nicole Byer. Like, she is incredible. Yeah. She's hilarious. I'll take her over Carson, but Carson's the fashion one. So I don't know. It's really interesting. I love having guest judges because, again, as someone who produces um, drag competitions having a fresh eye who's not there every week, you get a certain perspective when you have a judging panel who has seen you every week. Right. So it's really, it's going to be interesting to see how they do season 13. I'm assuming with UK two or three apologies, that they did have a rotation again, mm-hmm. um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how this affects things, but they, they did get some really great people, obviously not the A-list that we know and love sometimes, Cynthia Revo is going to fill that because I think she's I, with an Oscar nomination. I, she's she's an A-lister now. Definitely. Um, so that's where the budget went to. Cynthia Revo. I ask it every week. My final question: After twelve episodes, the winner of the season is Simone. I agree. I said it again since the first week. Simone's your winner. Like Simone had a bad week. We didn't talk great about her because she had a very bad week. And that's okay, because that's an arc. There's a growth. There, there, there's a journey there. Gottmik is probably going to be your runner-up. Gottmik hasn't had a moment to be scared yet. No. So it's a little boring. So her journey is not the same as Simone. And yes, they both have this incredible platform to share their stories and share their perspectives on drag and life and the world. Either of them would be a worthy winner. But Simone is a star. Simone. Simone. Simone's a star. I was talking to my friend about it and I said, Simone for me inspires me because we are seeing a Black queen who is so connected and so she has so much love for the references and like the culture in which she lives and like in that inspires her drag and it's not at all so it is like it's not in competition of anything it's not in to show anything or prove anything to anyone and she's like this is who i am this is where i come from and i know that that is beautiful and meaningful and powerful and here it is and every like every time she turns the corner she just like she there is an authenticity and that's the word. That's it. That's the word. It just like, it radiates and it's, and so that's, cool. 
that's why, again, we're going to go back to UK2 for a second. That's why I think Lawrence won, because there's authenticity to Lawrence Cheney. There's an accessibility to Lawrence Cheney in a way that is the same for Simone. Yeah. Simone is giving you fashion. She's giving you art. She's giving you drag. Yeah. But she's giving you something to talk about while doing it. Yeah. She's telling you to discuss Black Lives Matter while you discuss what she's wearing. I don't think we've ever seen another drag artist on this show do that before. Yeah. And that is something unique and special and deserves to get the prize. I think that she would use the platform for a lot of good. I think she'd make I a agree. difference with the platform. I agree. And and I'm very excited to see Simone win the crown. So we'll see. We'll see in 13 weeks. I don't know how, when, when do we do this? <laughs> this? This season never ends. But By December when she wins the crown, it'll exactly. be a Christmas and Hanukkah gift to us all. <laughs> exactly. Well, where can we find you on social media and Venmo? Uh, at Janaysequa underscore on Instagram and Venmo. Well, that was it. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for you being too. here. Thank you so much for having me. The biggest thanks to Janae for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.